Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The ball goes to Winslow. He wants to lob it. He throws it in underneath. The ball goes in the corner. And the shot is from the corner by Grant. That is good. And does it count? It does. And Grant from the corner has hit the shot and won the game. That was the final call, courtesy of the legend Al McCoy on the Phoenix Suns radio network. Suns lose to the Blazers 108-106. And the bad news continues uh, from our own Kellen Olsen. Uh, It sounds like the Suns announced that Cam Johnson is out tonight. Uh, but they got no extensive update from the team at that time. So, all so he could he, be out for a significant time. It could just be a one-game thing. We know it's at least the one game, but that's it. Could be a couple days. I mean, we had the same kind of vibe on last week's show. Last Saturday, we were talking about DeAndre Ayton going down with, uh, what was it, an ankle issue. Mm-hmm. And we said the same thing last weekend. It could be a long time, could be a short time, could be a couple of days. They reevaluated about five days later, and then Ayton ended up playing last Yeah, night. but I don't know if this is one of the situations where you're going to be looking at this a week later and have an update, I think there's going to be a more definitive update later on in the day. The thing that worries me is it's a non-contact knee yeah. injury. And yeah. those in sports tend to be tend to be a big deal. It doesn't mean it will be necessarily, but I mean, he has to be taken off five minutes into the game. That's not a good look. And you know what? In most cases, I would be concerned, but... I don't know. We had the conversation last week. Like, why should we be concerned? Aiton's down. But, well, guess what? Jock Lando looks pretty good. And Bismack Biombo stepped up at a moment's notice. He looked pretty good. You know why? Now, granted, Aiton was pivotal to the Suns' comeback last night. You know why it's a different conversation for me? Okay. Because, like you said, you had guys that were proving themselves on the bench. You had Londale. You had Biombo for Aiton. They play the same position. They're all centers. They're all good at certain things. That was an easy fix. There's not another Cam Johnson on the bench. And the guy who's most comparable, a guy who's a wing player, who can shoot the three effectively, be a good defender, has got playoff experience and toughness, that guy I just described is Jay Crowder, who technically still belongs in a Suns jersey, but he's getting refuses paid by to them. play for the Suns. He's getting paid by them to I don't know sit what, down. I don't know what that relationship is in the moment right now. Me I mean, either. does Jay Crowder... Does he see last night's game or he wakes up this morning and comes to the realization that the Suns might be without Cam Johnson, which I'm led to believe that the Suns investment in Cam Johnson as the starter at the four is the main reason that Jay Crowder wanted a trade. And if you now see that, oh, Cam Johnson is out for the foreseeable future. And if the Suns come asking, hey, Jay, would you be willing to come back and mend this bridge and play for us again? We need you. Is that even something that he would entertain? I don't know the answer to that, but we might have to find out. Well, I don't know. Is he still pissed off at StatMuse for basically throwing him under the bus the other night? You heard about this, right? That was the thing on Twitter. So Cam Johnson scored the team-high 29 against the Timberwolves, right. seven threes, and StatMuse wanted to make it a point that what is StatMuse? StatMuse is a, it's a Twitter account that I love, personally, okay. because they just tweet out... Uh, you know, har- the the joke that Burns and Gambit used the other day was they tweet out harmless stats, nothing more than just, "Hey, did you know this? This is fascinating." So, for example, uh, Jeremy Grant tonight, thirty points, two blocks, ten of seventeen, game winner. He's averaging eighteen points on forty-seven and thirty-eight percent. So his shooting. stat line and then his averages. Yeah. Okay. Chris Paul has one turnover in his last three games. He has thirty-eight assists. 
So it's like a it's like a localized uh, Elias Sports Bureau kind of thing, basically. Okay, they did one for Cam Johnson, and there was a slight dig at saying that no or Jay Crowder had never put up a stat line like this in his time as a son. Oof. To which Jay Crowder clapped back in all caps. He has since deleted that tweet. But you wonder if what did he, what did Jay he say? is paying attention. What did he say when he clapped back? Do you uh, remember? If you give me a minute, I can pull up the screenshot. Was that the one that was like, you know my body? Yes. Which I'm sure of he work. meant body of work, <laughs> but he just said, you know my body. Unless he wants like, people to know his body. I was like, no, I absolutely don't know your body. Although, but. although he did later tweet out another one of those high-produced videos where he's working out and it's like, I still got it. I'm still doing stuff. I'm Jay Crowder. That's a message to the rest of the league. Come get me is what that is. I don't know if you're Jay Crowder and you wake up today and the Suns have a need. I don't think his opinion's changing. I don't necessarily know that they're even reaching out to him and, and saying, let's mend this bridge. I don't know that. Every time that the, every time that Jay Crowder gets asked about, it's five seconds and they're off of it. James Jones doesn't want to talk about it. Monty Williams doesn't want to talk about it. None of the players really want to talk about it. They're just kind of, they're kind of, I'm not going to say they're done with it because the last person I heard talk about it was Bismack Biombo earlier this week with Burns and Gambo. And it was the most, you know, cordial reply you can get. Like, we respect him and everything he's done, and we want Jay to do what's best for Jay. And, like, what more are they going to say? I don't think that the injury to Cam Johnson, no matter how long it is, will necessarily result in James Jones freaking out and making a move that he wouldn't have before. No. Now, if he has something on the back burner that he's been interested in, and maybe there's mutual interest from another team for Jay Crowder, maybe this encourages him to pull the trigger on that. That could be a thing, because you might need an extra body to play the position. That's possible. Again, to go back to your point about DeAndre Ayton, the reason I feel differently about this guy being replaced than Ayton is you don't have a comparable player on the bench. Torrey Craig is the other three slash four. He's a wing player who's a good defender, but I don't know that I trust him to shoot the three as much as I would Cam. So really, other than Jay Crowder, you don't have another guy like him. That's why it's going to be different. You might see more Damian Lee, who is a shooting guard. Uh, you could see more Josh Kogi. You could see more Dario Saric, who's more of a four slash five guy instead of a three slash four guy. So I don't know how they're going to end up covering for Cam if they need to. Obviously, he's out tonight, as reported by Kellen Olsen. We'll see what that looks like tonight. I'm very curious, too, because campaign did not play last night. They were kind of thin at, you know, point guard. There was some point book last night with the second unit. Dwayne Washington Jr., who probably would have assumed that role of campaign, was out due to a personal reason. Is that going to extend it tonight? I don't know. But you do have DeAndre. You have DeAndre. You have Mikhail Bridges. You have Devin Booker. And then you have this curious case of Chris Paul. Can we call it that? Yeah. It feels rather curious. Very curious. He's distributing like Chris Paul. He's handling like Chris Paul. He's seeing the court like Chris Paul. He's not shooting like Chris Paul. It's it's a little off-putting right now. And I wonder, and we've had the discussion before, and we're not the only ones to have this discussion. Like, are the Suns holding him back? Not in the negative way, but in the sense of, hey, we just want to make sure that you're ready for April and May holding him back. Yeah, but even if you hold him back, I mean, he still played 34 minutes last night. It's it's not the number of minutes that they're holding back. It's it's the scoring load. He was, what, one for four last night? Yeah. Uh, three of his four shots were three-pointers. That's not very Chris Paul-like. No. Um, the 
distribution, his passing, it was fine, I guess, but it it's just significant. I wouldn't normally be worried six, seven games in, right? Eight games in, whatever it's been. Um, but because of the way that the last season ended, because of the way that Game 7 happened, because of his fall off after, what did he turn, 38 years old on his birthday, and mm-hmm. then just completely disappeared from that series. Now, we talked, there were rumors about he got COVID or other guys in the organization got his COVID. deal with the devil expired you sure know, sure 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 do i think that chris paul forgot how to play basketball overnight do i think that his powers got wiped by the gremlins from space jam no i don't <laughs> think that that's necessarily what happened here uh but it is peculiar that chris paul is not playing his brand of basketball right now very something that needs to be addressed at some point and you know what especially more so here's what solves your cam johnson problem chris paul hadn't been shooting before well maybe it's time to increase the shooting Maybe with your star three-point shooter out. And I'm not saying he has to shoot from three, but even those pet spots for CP3, like the little mid-range jumper on the baseline, like the Allen Iverson shot that he really liked, like the the um, the corner key shot, like do more of those. Yeah, You only it, took one of those last night. It's the age-old debate, right, in any sport, but let's use it for basketball real quick. Do you shoot more to create confidence in your shot, or do you shoot more because you have confidence in your shot? You know, it's a chicken or the egg mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Like, which one does it really stem from? I'm just looking back at the last couple of games. He shot four times last night. Uh, the game before, he had 12 shots. Not bad. I'll take that. The two games before that, he shot the ball seven times each against Houston and New Orleans. It just seems like when he doesn't shoot, the numbers are very low. He only made one of seven against New Orleans. He made one of six on opening night against Dallas. There's just some games where Chris Paul doesn't seem to be present, which is weird for a Hall of Fame point guard. I understand he's at the tail end of his career and he's older now, but this is a guy who's been in the MVP discussion over the last couple of seasons. Doesn't seem to be present, and yet he's got 38 assists in his last three games. So, like, he's clearly there, but it's very hard to be one-dimensional for a team that, you know, right now desperately needs the extra shooting help. I will say this. I'm not overly worried because it's Chris Paul. If it was not a guy who we know is a Hall of Fame caliber player and one of the best point guards of the century, if it wasn't that guy and that kind of team leader, I'd be worried. Sure. If this was Damian Lillard and he was going out there and shooting one of four, I'd be like, what the heck is happening? It's like, you're our lead guy. What the heck is happening? But because I know the character and the leadership of Chris Paul, I know that this is is not escaping him, that he's struggling right now. He knows. Right. He knows what's going on. So I'm not too worried about it. I just want to update this from our own Kellen Olsen. We mentioned uh, earlier at the start of the segment, Cam Johnson out tonight, but we don't know anything else beyond that. Also out tonight, campaign, again, not surprising. It's hard to just come back when you're injured in the first of a back-to-back. Ish Wainwright, for personal reasons, Kellen notes, and Dwayne Washington Jr., again, for personal reasons. Okay, the one that's weird to me is Ish Wainwright, because there's potential. That I if, thought that was a back injury first. If right? Cam Johnson misses significant time, there's an opportunity. There's a door opening there for Ish Wainwright. Now, I know it's just one example, but I went to Game 7 against the Dallas Mavericks, right? Obviously, uh, one of the worst games in the history of the Phoenix Suns. But Ish Wainwright came out, and he was the only player on the court that I can effectively say was trying his absolute hardest at the end of that game. Mm -hmm. And I know you're down like 35, so it's hard to be good at anything when you're down that much. Still gave the effort. 
I think there's an opportunity for Ish Wainwright, so I'm I'm very intrigued by that designation that he's out for personal reasons. I wonder what that is. And not really my business. You know, but, of course we're not going to know. And yes, to your point, not not our business. But I don't know. It, the team doesn't feel like it's reeling right now. Obviously, they're six and two, but they've yet to get this losing to the Trailblazers monkey off their back. And tonight is the last time in a while they're going to be able to do that. It's the Blazers thing. Mixed with the Cam Johnson injury, mixed with DeAndre Ayton just came back, mixed with Chris Paul being not present at times on the court. It's it's a lot of weird questions, but like you said, the team's not ultimately struggling, so I guess we can't be too worried. I, look, remember the offseason that we had? Like, oh my gosh, Jay Crowder doesn't want to be a part of this team. DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams are still infighting. They're not talking. Like... The vibes, the vibes, they're so bad. The vibes, oh my gosh, it's bad vibes here right now. No, it's not. And they have just the same sons that they were last year. There's a different different cosmetic look to them, but they're still the same sons. And credit to James Jones and Monty Williams for holding things together while they're dealing with all this. Coming up next, Arizona Cardinals are down maybe another significant piece of their team. Which position? We'll tell you next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch Ferelvis, Steve Zinsmeister, Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, thanks for spending part of your weekend with us here on Arizona Sports Saturday. Steve Zinsmeister, Mitch Ferelvis with you. One thing that we do know about the Cardinals game tomorrow is the roof is expected to be open. Which is good. Apparently the, the key word nice. is expected, which I rushingly overlooked when we had Tyler Drake on with us earlier. I mean, I, it's Arizona. What's going to happen? Is it going to rain? Also, like, are we really going to get semantical about the expectation of a roof? <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> Not exactly the uh, the breaking news that you're looking uh, for. Um, well, we are, we are an- looking for breaking news. We, we are anticipating it. a transaction report at some point uh, from the Cardinals that usually comes down around this time. You maybe, know what? I maybe they change their clocks. I, I don't wonder know. if it's on NFL.com. Give me a moment here. All right. Take a look for that. Um, one thing that we did find out was that the Cardinals added punter. Oh, there it is. Oh, you found it. Let me see. All right. You read that. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Um, yes. They I'm added Andy Lee, the punter to the injury report as questionable with an illness is what Tyler Drake, our reporter uh, that we talked with earlier at ArizonaSports.com, revealed. So there is a possibility that the Cardinals could be without a punter tomorrow. Well, they won't be. Today, the Arizona Cardinals announced they have signed punter Nolan Cooney to the practice squad, and they have elevated punter Nolan Cooney and defensive lineman Manny Jones to the active roster from the practice squad as standard elevations, and they have released offensive lineman Coda Martin from I, the practice. I really squad. don't understand the inner workings of like how these signings work. Well, I'll tell you what. It sounds but like why they did sign- they have to put him on the practice squad? It first. sounds like they signed a punter today to the practice squad to probably save money and because they didn't have an active roster space available, and then they immediately elevated him. Yeah. So <laughs> let there's your punter. I'm just, I'm just imagining the phone call like. Nolan, hey, it's Steve Kime with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, do you want to play tomorrow? Can you play? Can tomorrow. you play tomorrow? We're going right. to meet up at the park tomorrow. Gonna you want to come? We're going to put you at the practice squad, and then we're going to elevate you to the active roster. Need you to come tomorrow. Okay, bye. This is like a high school pickup game where you call your friend because he plays soccer, and you're like, hey, we need a punter in tomorrow's uh, pickup football game. Can the you big game is tomorrow. Ask your mom if you can come to the park tomorrow at uh, 1.30. We'll get some kicks in. 
Cooney spent the preseason with the Cardinals, signing as a free agent in January. Most recently on the Colts practice squad, uh, went to Syracuse. So I'm sure Bloomer likes that. Entered the league with New Orleans as a UDFA in 2021. So there's some familiarity some there. Very, they're not picking up a guy just completely cold off the street. Well, he is off the street, but they're not picking up a guy they don't know, I guess is the point. Yeah. They're not doing that thing that they did with the kicker situation. I take it that means Andy Lee is not playing tomorrow. Um, There's still a chance, right? I mean, if it's an illness. Of course there's a chance. He could feel better tomorrow. You know, they had two kickers active last week, and it was just because Prater, uh, Matt Prater, was still recovering from injury, but he was the one responsible for kicking the point after the field goals, all those. And then they had Rodrigo Blankenship just handle kickoffs because the, sure it, w- it would have added a lot of stress for an injury that Matt Prater had that did not allow him to kick, you know? So I see this as just an opportunity in case Andy Lee is not available, then you have a punter. What now, were the other transactions not punter related? They have added defensive lineman Manny Jones. Okay. And they've released offensive lineman Coda Martin from the practice squad. So why would they elevate... A D lineman. A D lineman. Let me go back to the injury report real quick. If I can just pull I remember up. Ledbetter was one of the ones who was questionable. Jonathan Ledbetter questionable. But was he getting reps? No. Like, not really. Yeah. Jonathan Ledbetter, uh, last game, he got 19 of the defensive snaps out of 71. So he okay. wasn't playing a ton. So it's probably just a depth move. Uh, I'm trying to see who else. Buda Baker. Dennis Gardeck was oh yeah uh, not looking great from he's Cliff Kingsbury. Likely going to miss the. Th- I mean, based on that quote you just read, I, I would say he's probably not playing. Or if he does, maybe it's in a limited capacity. Okay, so you call up an extra punter and you call up an extra defensive lineman, which you know both of those make sense. So then I'm inclined to believe that Buda Baker will play. I'm inclined to believe that DJ Humphreys will play. I'm inclined to believe that they won't necessarily miss Jonathan Ledbetter if he can't. And I'm inclined to believe that James Conner will play, which, look, James has not had a fantastic start to the season in comparison to how he was doing last year. But granted, the offense has not looked good this year, even with James Conner out. So is he going to be a boost for their rushing attack? I don't know. Even if he plays, even if he doesn't play, I don't know if I don't know if this offense is going to have it fully put together. I was thinking about Buda Baker because that's that's kind of like the new big addition to the injury report, right? Mm-hmm. He's questionable, game time decision. Buda tends to play all the time, so I'm not overly worried about it, but in the event that Buda Baker can't play, you only have two other safeties on the roster. One of them is Jalen Thompson, who plays all the time as well, right? and the other one is Chris Banjo, who notably uh, has scored a touchdown already this year, so there's that. But at the same time, I didn't expect to see a lot of Chris Banjo other than special teams. So that could be an interesting one as well if Buddha had to miss this game for some reason. I mean, he's the team's best safety. It's the best. He's one probably of the best your best tackler. defensive player. Yeah. I mean, between well, him and Jalen, I think they're pretty comparable. JJ now. Watt, too, has just been a monster. He is a monster. This year. It's true. I, I love Zach Allen. I mean, you and I talk every week. It seems like that mm-hmm. Zach Allen is underrated. He doesn't get talked about enough. Um, not only has his sack production been pretty decent, but he disrupts plays. He's learning from J.J. Watt, which is a scary thing to think about if you're an opposing offensive line. And 
I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think it's basically like you just have two J.J. Watts out there right now. Feels like it. Maybe not two prime J.J. Watts, like five, no. six years ago, J.J. Watt with the with the Texans. But J.J.'s playing really well right now, like you mentioned. Zach Allen, uh, the greatest thing about his game right now is that he's picked up on batting passes, getting his hands up in the face of pass uh, quarterbacks. That has been a revolution to his game. It has elevated him to a new level. And I love that about Zach Owens game. Just on a base level. I feel level, confident that they're going to bat down some passes every game. On a base level, try to envision going up against the blocker, using your hands up against the chest, right? And then all of a sudden having to quickly react and throw your hands up in the air and try and bat down a pass. It's a lot harder than you think. Well, and the, and Cardinals, the fact that Allen is doing it is, to your point, it's just another aspect of his play. Since giving up Chandler Jones, who was really an elite pass rusher in this league, but if you look at the contract mm. compared to what he's been doing, uh, I wouldn't say I the same. I think he has a half sack. But ever since Chandler Jones was here in Arizona, they don't really have a lot of traditionally great pass rushers. Marcus Golden had double-digit sacks last year. I still don't think a lot of people think of him as an elite pass rusher. I certainly don't think of him as elite. Zach Allen, not an elite pass rusher. J.J. Watt, at this point in his career, not an elite pass rusher. Uh, Dogby, certainly not an elite pass rusher. I wouldn't say Victor Dimakaji is that either. Gardeck, not an elite pass rusher. So what they do instead is they create chaos from multiple angles. And I think Vance Joseph deserves a ton of credit for this because he's built a defensive line out of a bunch of guys that are not great pass rushers. But they're still pretty effective at disrupting plays, passing plays in particular. And they've been okay against the run at times. I mean, J.J. Watt has four and a half sacks that leads the team. The, and this team is a little slow out the gate. Remember, they weren't getting interceptions. They weren't getting fumbles. They weren't getting sacks. Like, they weren't getting the statistical numbers that everybody's drawn to in comparison to Zadarius Smith, who had two more sacks yeah. of his eight and a half in I think last he leads game, the league. I think he's tied with the league lead. Tied with Matthew Judon and Nick Bosa looking at it right now. And they're yeah. both they're all three a half sack ahead of Micah Parsons, who is just <sighs> Micah Parsons. Holy smokes. Well, I think the one thing you hit on too there was Darius Smith, is he was facing a banged up Cardinals offensive line. We're gonna have no Rodney Hudson for the fifth game in a row. Right. And while I like Billy Price just fine, he didn't seem up to the task last week. And I'm really interested to see because there was also miscommunication too. There was a fumble. Uh, an inadvertent yeah. fumble in the middle of the fourth quarter. I I don't know, man. I don't feel good about the offensive line. I don't feel good about a lot of things. And obviously, we've touched on it all show. But some, by the way, somehow the Cardinals are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Just For let that hang. Worth, yeah. Let that hang. Also, be cautious because that means Vegas knows something we don't. Hey, we want to thank you for checking out Arizona Sports Saturday. For Mitch Vereldis and Trevor Henry, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to Arizona Sports Saturday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.